Nev, yep. we're getting close to episode 100, so I got us a surprise. I think Ooh. we need a change. Okay. okay. What do we got? Some new mic stand. Oh, hell yeah. Check it out. What the fuck? This, I guess it's a little tall, but maybe we could like, well, we can adjust it, right? Or, no, it doesn't go lower. Okay. No, it doesn't go lower. Maybe if we like, we could just, we can, can, can we tilt? Oh, that actually doesn't look right. We could, um, we could like, maybe, we uh, could hold them. Well, if we hold, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm. Uh, Nathan, did you, did you measure these before ordering them? It was final sale. Ah, uh, okay. Maybe we'll have to uh, rethink this idea. Welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast, episode 98. Wow. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm joined by the man himself, Matthew Neves, to my left. Thank you. And today, we are going to be talking about one of the greats, one of the greatest directors ever, mm -hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson. Hell yeah. He's my favorite filmmaker. Your favorite, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a while, but like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I really like his films. Man. Like, love them. Yeah, and, and you're not alone in that. There's really some people who love Paul Thomas Anderson and praise him as their as their their absolute favorite filmmaker and he's got the filmography to back it man he doesn't mm -hmm. have like too many films like maybe like he's not like a Scorsese obviously he's no like he's had a, a shorter career but he's the films that he has man are such personal well done stories yeah. that he's definitely cemented a legacy as one of the greats i fully agree i I've 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 seen about almost all of his films except uh, Heart Eight, mm -hmm. which is crazy because you saw that film. Which I saw. It. I just got back from uh, Dominican Republic, and on the plane I downloaded a film. It, I was like, "Let me see what Paul Thomas Anderson films are on Prime Video." Yeah, and the only one was Heart Eight. <laughs> Damn. So I was like, just that one. I was like, ah, oh, Samuel Jackson Casino movie. Like I like like mm -hmm. this Las Vegas vibe. Like I, I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. Right. So. Right. So I was like, maybe I'll be into this, and I saw it, and there's good performances in it, but they kind of plant some seeds that don't go anywhere, oh, and yeah. it's, it's a little, I don't know, it's not my favorite, um, definitely not my favorite, and, mm -hmm. and I found out only after watching it that it was his first feature film. Yeah, his so feature debut. I see that it's really well shot. You see like the promise in him as a director, for sure, mm -hmm. but... Um, but he definitely, it only goes up from there. Oh, yeah. Because right after he did Boogie Nights, which I guess we should talk about that because we both have seen Boogie Nights. Let's, yeah. 27-year-old Paul Thomas Anderson makes a film that is so good that the first time I saw it, I thought this was directed by like a veteran, veteran director. Seriously. Like this seems like a film that a director would make before they die type of thing. Like this is my last one. I'm putting everything in it. Like like I, I'm talking like. It's so good. Oh my God. And then I found out. He's like, oh, I made this when I was 26. I'm like, get the fuck out. Are you serious? It's so good. The only comparison I have, I mean, it, it's a comparison in style and also a comparison in directors in their age is. Pulp Fiction and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino was pretty young when he made Pulp Fiction. That's true. And and the films have similar styles, I felt. Mm. Man, I love Boogie Nights. Here's the question now, Nathan, because you brought it up. Which one would you prefer? If you had if you were stuck on an island With and you one? had one fucking movie between Boogie Nights and Pulp Fiction, which one would it be? That's a really good question. 
Um, I think I have to go Pulp Fiction. Though. Okay. I think I have to go Pulp Fiction. Just, I don't know. There's so many performances I really, really love in Pulp Fiction. Not that there isn't in this movie. Oh, I yeah. I mean, Mark Wahlberg is, it's literally his best performance. Mm-hmm. Like, I had seen this movie a long time. I had a vague memory of this movie. Right, right. Maybe it was, it was given on TV or something I saw it. But um, watching it back, uh, like, last week, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It's, Mark Wahlberg is so good in this movie. He's mm-hmm. the perfect age for it. Yeah. He plays it so straight, so good. Yeah. It's amazing. There's so much that goes through his life and it's crazy when you think about it because like the film goes at a pretty good pace for the most part it doesn't just show his character arc but it shows various other characters during this time Mm -hmm. during this age of like the porn industry where they went from film to cassette you know it was very much a transitional period a lot of people went through it in a shitty way and stuff like that like where do they go from here it's fascinating it's like um Oh man, what's the what? Well, I'm drawing. Oh a, damn! Hold on, describe it. I think I'm good at this. Hold on. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Oh, what? it's like Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. Yeah, it's like Babylon. I was drawing a blank, yeah, but no it's worries. like Babylon where they go from the silent era mm-hmm. to the the like, soundies. Talkies, yeah, yeah talkies. They had a lot of parallels to that, but in this hilarious way because it's the porn industry. It's yeah. so funny. Well, it's both funny, but also. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, oh, yeah. As much as I love Babylon, Babylon's great, but like, yo, Boogie Nights makes Babylon look like a fucking for walk sh- in the park, man. For sure. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I always think of uh, the fucking... <laughs> I, I, I laugh because of how dark this, this, this film is, but um, what is it? The fucking uh, executive... That asks Dirk Diggler to put his pull his pants down and just looks at his dick and stuff yeah. like that and it's just like oh this guy's fucked up and then you get that sh- uh, interaction at the prison with him and Burt Reynolds and it's like it is so, so fucked up that scene is so fucked yeah and they'll have such serious scenes and then they'll follow it with like a hilarious scene yeah and I, I this movie just does the balance perfectly you know who's also amazing in this uh, there's three performances in this movie that I consider the best from these actors period okay mark Wahlberg, burt reynolds burt reynolds is so good i want to say it because a lot of people don't remember this guy yo thomas jane thomas jane was the one that uh wanted to rob uh alfred molina yes he's just like you know in the back the safe you know it's just like i was so happy to see money i was so happy to see alfred molina in it too oh he's great he's great he's so fucking weird in it too but the dude, accent he does when when ninety nine red balloons plays and Thomas Jane is flipping out with his gun waving around and he's like we we'll get that motherfucking money right now I'm like dude I I love this guy and then he just gets killed instantly <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it's the greatest joke man it's amazing <laughs> oh man like Boogie Nights I think really show like at twenty six years old you make a film like that yeah you're in for a crazy career. And what does he follow up Boogie Nights with? Magnolia. Oh my god. Magnolia, which Magnolia is Magnolia in nineteen ninety nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he did Boogie Nights in ninety seven. Yeah. And in ninety nine he does Magnolia, which is no fucking easy task either. <sighs> the way that story's told, again, uh, it makes me think I'm watching a movie from a veteran director. Yeah. Uh, who has mastered, you know, a basic premise and is now trying this crazy premise of like, we're getting a peek into all these people's lives and, yeah. and then they're connecting at the end. 
And Magnolia does it extremely, extremely well. I think to this day, Magnolia is an underrated film. It very much is. I mean, like uh, amongst Paul Thomas Anderson fans, it's been talked about to death. Oh, I know. But I think in general, general, like people don't talk about Magnolia for the movie that it's so good. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite openings to a movie period yeah. that whole music transition like what one is the loneliest and then they cut to every character and it's done so freaking well man one of I'm my like, favorite openings oh, and one of my favorite endings yeah the ending too it's great oh my god and again great performances from well tom cruise obviously gives an amazing performance john c Riley, and also because he was also in heart eight philip seymour hoffman so good. Him and Paul Thomas Anderson. It's like fucking they go together, man. Yeah. And there, so I hadn't seen a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson. There was a couple that I was definitely missing that I'm glad we did this episode that I got to see. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of seeing these reoccurring, like this Tarantino verse. There's definitely yes. a Paul Thomas Anderson verse. Mm-hmm. And he gets like some of the best performances of these actors you've, yep. you've ever seen. Yeah. I think his his favorite John C. Riley. Like, John C. Riley's so good in, like, in both Magnolia he's such a good fucking and actor. Boogie Nights, yeah. Yeah. Like he's so good. I look, before Paul Thomas Anderson, I remember John C. Riley from Step Brothers. Me too. Which he was amazing in. Yeah, I, but uh, but I I he plays some of these serious roles in yeah. this movie. And in Hard Eight, he's also the main character. Oh yeah, and yeah. And he gives a great performance in Hard Eight. Wow. Like it's it's not my favorite movie, but he gives a great performance in it. Mm-hmm. He's that- like He's man, he's a great actor, and, yeah. I, and I didn't really know until I watched these Paul Thomas Anderson movies because these are where his best performances are. Yeah, I, I, but like you said, Magnolia, very ambitious, very ambitious film, but it gets it all right. And in three hours, you get so many emotions, you get so much. Also, I forgot to mention Julianne Moore in both Boogie Nights and Magnolia. She's just a fucking amazing actress. Like Crazy. I remember in Boogie Nights, I was watching the one scene where she's talking to Mark Wahlberg and that long monologue. And I'm like, yeah, holy shit. This is like, it's amazing. It's one of the best performances. Like I, I, I want to say it's not her best, but man, it's really up there. It's really, really up there. And so many actors pull that off. It, it does suck though that, uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, didn't really like Boogie Nights. I don't know why. He, he hated the fact that his agent wanted him to do it and stuff like that, even though it's his like best work. I know. It's crazy that it's crazy to think that he didn't want to really do it or be there because yeah. he gives such a good performance that it feels like he's really immersed in that character. But I guess that just goes to show you how good of a fucking actor Burt Reynolds is. Oh, yeah. And is that even if he doesn't really care about a role, he's still going to kill it. Yeah. It's so good, especially when like Mark Wahlberg, he he comes back and he's like crying and stuff. And he's like, I'm sorry. You don't see his reaction until they hug it out. And I'm like, damn, that's a fucking. Yeah, you don't know if he's going to take him back or if he's going to shit on him. And uh, it's such a great moment. The fucking uh, Beach Boy song, that transition. I'm sorry. I know we're just talking about Boogie Nights and Magnolia, but. (laughs) It's hard not to, man. It's hard not to. These movies are so good. And if you haven't seen them, you got to check them out. Yeah. Um, oh but okay, so he fought, so Boogie Nights and then um, Magnolia, Magnolia, which then, is crazy, and then Punch Drunk Love, my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. I'm not, yeah, that's my favorite Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films, period. It's 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 the, probably the best Adam Sandler performance. That yes. one and Uncut Gems are one and two for me. Yeah, um, it's a pretty simple story, but it's a great mm-hmm. love story. 
yeah. that works extremely well. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I remember one of my profs were like talking about, it's like, what, what's your favorite rom-com? We were getting those types of questions for school. And I'm like, okay, you know, my favorite rom-com is Punch Drunk Love. And he's like, that's not a rom-com. That's not funny. I'm like, dude, are you, it's fucking funny. It's a rom-com. It's hilarious. And it's romantic. Yeah. So therefore rom-com. So it's my favorite. It's so good. That's a great one. A great Sandler performance. I mean, yeah. Sandler's got all the so many films. Like Sandler's done a couple of rom coms before. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Punch Drunk Love, you're in for a treat. Like that's yeah. that's one of his best. It's really cool. And that's the thing too. Around that time, he was doing like uh, Mr. Deeds, uh, Little Nicky. <laughs> he yeah. was doing those types of films. So to get this type of role from him around that time was completely left field. Yeah, exactly. He was really leaning into those silly comedies. Yeah. In that time. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool to, to see him give that performance. Mm -hmm. So like, I think after that film, because unfortunately I think Magnolia and Punch Drunk Love didn't make money back. So they, they both bombed at the box office. So Paul Thomas Anderson, I I don't know what his next film was. Was it, uh, There Will Be Blood? So we get a break from 2002. He doesn't make a film till 2007. It's about five years. Okay. And boy, does he come back correct. That's a fucking hit. Holy shit. That's a fucking hit right there. There will be blood. I got to shout out my boy, August McDonald, because uh, for my birthday, he sent me a Blu-ray copy of There Will Be Blood because he heard I hadn't seen it. Mm. And wow. Now I understand the Daniel Day-Lewis hype. Nah. <laughs> you know, I, oh, yeah. I really understand the Daniel Day-Lewis hype. This guy. Daniel Day-Lewis has been just fucking ever since i think it was my left foot he's been getting the oscar buzz yeah ever since then and it's just but he gets lost in these characters when you see um like a robert de niro performance sometimes it, it, it could be a great performance but he's still kind of doing de niro yeah when you see it, you know what i mean but <laughs> what what is doing daniel day lewis there's he gets lost in these characters he's not recognizable daniel day lewis isn't going to be doing dirty grandpa too right yeah. like i get where you're coming from you know what i mean even yeah. like the greatest actors they have like a a, a typecast or like a, yes a kind of style very much that a fit for a movie but this guy just gets lost in these roles and there will be blood really changed my look on him. Wow, he's this is a crazy performance. What a great film. What a great character study. Yeah. And the way it starts off has you feeling so bad, has you feeling bad for this guy and has you feeling good when he starts to make this money. Yeah. Because they start off with that scene where he breaks his leg. Yeah. And he's grinding. He's grinding he in this like, it looks like the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see he starts making his money, yeah. And he's he's starting his like it feels like a real local business. Mm-hmm. And you root for this guy, you root for this guy, and yep. then you're so far rooting for him, and then you're like, oh, he's a piece of shit. He's 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 like the worst kind he's of. He's like the worst fucking guy ever, and yeah. I wanted him to succeed for the first <laughs> half, and and that really resonated with me. It was really effective in doing that and changing my view on this guy. At the end. by the end, you're like, fuck this guy, fuck I can't wait for him to die. Yeah, Daniel Plainview, one of. Uh, one of those characters that um, I think one of my favorite monologues from him because it really shows the isolation of him is when he talks to his supposed brother who wasn't his brother. Yeah. He basically just talks about how he hates most people and that if he lived a life where he didn't even interact with his son or anyone like that, it would be a lot more peaceful for him. And the fact that he has to succeed in life to interact with people and he's just like, I fucking hate them. And then you just come back to the guy and he's just like, oh, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. I'm probably going to get killed by this man. And it's just, it shows, the. it's very, very disturbing. And another performance you uh, probably enjoyed as well was Paul Dano. 
Yes, Paul Dino. Motherfucker was like 25, 24. Super young Paul Dino. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat. Playing a crazy guy like beautifully like he always fucking does. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, Matt Reeves saw like there will be blood like 50 times. And it's like, all right, that's my Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> that's my sure. Riddler right there. It's just Riddler, right? I mean, it's just a, a priest Riddler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But it also signified that sense of like... um religion and how dependent that was at the time and how Daniel Plainview was like, you know, you couldn't make my boy here again. You're a fucking bastard or whatever. And then in the next or in later on in the scene, his fucking son is back as an adult and he's like, you're fucking bastard. It's like you, he just hates people. Man, that shit with his son, <laughs> when he sent his son away, man, I was, fuck, man. I was just like so physically fucking pissed off. Like I'm like, fuck, I was... It's just sad. This movie is. It's it, a sad. It takes sad you on this movie. emotional roller coaster that's so effective, mm-hmm. and I can't believe I hadn't seen that one sooner. So shout out to Augie Mack for putting me on that one. Yeah, yo, I, I remember watching an interview with um, Daniel Day Lewis about his performance as Daniel Plainview, and I fully realized this. He kind of sounds like John Ford, an old classic director. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, but like he uses a lot of those like references from like back in the day Mm -hmm. to like see how he can talk in his movies so i was like oh yeah that is just kind of what if john ford was like a fucking psychotic you know uh, oil salesman or whatever i'm an oil man i'm an oil man (laughs) i drink your milkshake then he fucking kills him in the bowling alley holy shit that scene is great too cinematic what a movie and what a character study oh my god that, that movie's crazy. So. And then five years after that, he does The Master, which I think I recommended for you to watch. Yeah, you were the one who put me on The Master <laughs> with little warning of how fucked it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, what a Joaquin Phoenix performance. Uh, it's so beautifully shot. I mm-hmm. mean, I still have that shot of him on the boat in my head. Oh, yeah. Such a fantastic shot. Like, that that shot really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um. That movie is another. He he's mastered these um, character studies. Yeah. I think in the two thousands he really started to go for these like single character study pieces. Yeah, and they work re- like it, it may not have your traditional story arc, and maybe sometimes some of these movies not too much even happens. Mm-hmm. But you're you can't look away for one second. The way it's shot, yeah. the the writing, the the way they build up these characters, they're so interesting. You can't look away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Master. And, and The Master's a great example it's of that. Definitely not a film about Scientology. It's definitely not a film. <laughs> definitely it, 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 It's a completely different cult. Um, it's sad that this was Philip Seymour Hoffman and Paul Thomas Anderson's last film together, but what a way to go still. It's still an amazing performance from him. Amy, Ad- Amy Adams is great in this. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's great. Rami Malek is, has a brief performance, yeah. but still, like, mm. I love I love his presence. I like when he has smaller roles because you don't expect him, and then when he appears, it's like, oh, he's fucking great. Yeah. Like, damn. But, um, yeah, the master was... was, was re- I always think about the scene where Joaquin Phoenix is in the jail cell with Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, man. Breaking the fucking toilet and just oh, full-on rage and... Um, they're arguing with each other, and it's like, oh man, that it's so natural. It it feels like a real like <laughs> argument over like just complete bullshit yeah. from both of them. Yeah, it's just such such believable performances in in his films that yeah, you're just so immersed. You're in it. Really, really good stuff overall. What's, and then two what's years after the later, oh, this is when I have inherent vice. Okay, so I gotta I gotta mention how this movie was. Um, Watching this film, I feel like I recommend anyone who wants to see it to be, 
Uh, not sober, if you know what I mean. Huh. It's one of those films, I, I personally believe. Uh, it It's set in the 70s. Joaquin Phoenix plays a drugged uh, detective. He's very high throughout the entire film. And there's moments in the film where you can't tell if it's really happening or, or if, if it's not. He's kind of imagining it. He's kind of imagining shit. And um, he's trying to find out what the fuck's going on, you know? And there's so many sequences in this film that are so awesome. Literally, there's one scene in it where I had to watch it six times over, the scene alone. Really? When I was on the TV, I was like, wait, wait, what the fuck just happened? Right. So I rewind it again. I'm like, wait. Wait, still what? not sure. Are they high and they're imagining the phone call, or is the phone call like when does it become fake and when does it? And I'm like, I love this. And then right after that scene, it's him and I believe his girlfriend uh, running in the rain, and the music's raising up, and the narration, and they're both like hugging each other, and it's like, wow, this is really fucking good. I don't know what the hell is happening in this film. One of those movies. Do not, That's cool. Don't expect to follow the story because I don't even know. I've seen this twice and... <laughs> and you don't even know. I don't, but I love it. I mean, yeah, it's got a, it's got a good cast. Owen yeah. Wilson's in that? Yeah. Does he have a big role or kind of a uh, Two scenes. Oh, okay. I, I remember two scenes. Benicio Del Toro is really good. Martin Short has a amazing scene. He's only in it briefly, but holy fuck, he's good in it. Very cool. Uh, Josh yeah. Brolin and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Those are probably the highlight performances. Yeah, this is one I'm definitely gonna check out because yeah. I mean Paul Thomas I, I, like I'll watch anything of his for sure oh yeah would so recommend after 2014 where does he go he, he goes, goes to Phantom Thread Phantom Thread which 2017. is Daniel Day Lewis's last film he did before he retired which I think is amazing to think about like he's done acting are you, are you sure about that like do you do you believe like I know I, I know that that was like the big thing that that was gonna be his last performance I mean, Marlon Brando said he retired in 1980 and he came back to acting nine years later right he has not acted in a film since. Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. has not acted in a film since. He might be in the future, but I doubt it. He seems like a very, like, he's not, uh, nobody knows what he's doing right now. I mean, yeah, he's, he's always he's always been such a mysterious guy. Yeah. And it adds to these, it adds to his performances because I don't know how the hell Daniel Day-Lewis, like, I don't know anything about him. I don't know his personality. I don't know, really know how he acts because he disappears in these characters, so yeah. you don't get any of him in them, really. Yeah. And then outside of these films, you never see him. You never hear about him. No. Nope. It's like, it, yeah. it's like um, I don't know, it's like old school actors, how like old school actors like didn't make many appearances. And to me, that's like a, a page from the old school a book of acting and I think it's really cool well it's like back in the day yeah actors like you know they had their own personal lives they, they didn't have to deal with TMZ yeah fucking you know on TMZ Humphrey Bogart and fucking Spencer Tracy they were in a fist fight it's like I don't fucking care like Daniel Day-Lewis is the same way where it's like I don't need to know his personal life I think his professionalism really does come down to I'm an actor I'm going to fucking act in these movies. Phantom Thread is my last one, and I'm going to retire because he's won, like, what, two, three Oscars in his career? Yeah. He's got so much acclaim within his work, and he's like, I don't feel like I can do any more now, mentally speaking. I feel like I'm good, and Phantom Thread is so good. I mean, so fair good. enough. Phantom Thread is crazy. Oh, my God. I love it. It's one of those films, I don't know if you think about it, but there's some films that are good to have with, like, a nice drink. There's some films to good with, like, oh, yeah. a nice meal. This feels like a great movie to watch with, like, coffee. Hell, yeah. Like, a nice coffee, like, on a, on a sunny day. Like, I don't know. I just... It's another one of these movies where not a lot is, happens, yeah. but it's a masterful character study. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Woodcock. 
His mm-hmm. is his character. Was it? I don't. Do you remember his first name? First name. Uh, no, it's been a while. Mr. Woodcock. But um, um yeah, he's got a he's got a he's got a colorful played. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Phantom Thread. Um, let me see. Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah. Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah. yeah. But um, what, a what I really liked about this movie was the relationship and also the cinematography, which Paul Thomas Anderson does as well. He does the cinematography, directing, Damn. writing. He's fucking. He's. This is all him. The cinematography is so dope. Even yeah. scenes where they're like sewing, I'm like so interested because it's yeah. so well shot. It's it's incredible the way it's done. Uh, if you tell me just like talking alone, like just like the premise, like all right, Phantom Thread stars Daniel Day Lewis. I'm like I'm sold. But like, what is it about? It's like yeah. he makes like dresses. Guy who makes dresses like, and <laughs> dresses, and he's like kind of an awkward guy and. Yeah, and, and I'm like, just it's like it's a hard premise to like like it's hard it's a hard film to recommend to your friend. Yeah, and uh, I'm not I get it. This movie did not make Avengers money. Um, sure. <laughs> because um this this film is made for uh, I feel like this was made for an older audience, which I love. I yeah. love when movies are like there's nothing profan there's no profanity, there's no like action or anything like that, but no. this just feels like an older film. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> Yeah, the, the movie gets twisted quick too. By the end, you're like, "What the fuck is? You guys are all fucking crazy!" Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> no, they're all fucking crazy. But what's cool about it is like it, it's it seems like an old story you tell people. Yeah, or it's just like you won't believe this, man. Yeah. It's like you know she gets him sick all the time, and then they just kind of that's the relationship, and he loves it. <laughs> he loves it because he's into it. It's just like you know that's the that's the that's the fucked up Paul Thomas Anderson I like in these movies. Yeah, there's I like always it. that. It's little... really just a story about a real fucking crazy toxic relationship. Speaking of toxic relationships, let's get into his latest film, Licorice Pizza. <laughs> oh, that's one I didn't get to see. Oh, Tell me about Licorice Pizza. Oh my fucking god. Okay, so the big uh, the movie is also set in the seventies. Paul Thomas Anderson loves the 70s, but I feel like he's like one of the only directors that actually illustrates the the 70s environment well. Mm-hmm. Ever since Boogie Nights, I mean, that's Oh, he 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 masters the 70s in Boogie Nights. From yeah. then on, you know he could do it. Exactly. Yeah. And he did it for that and Hair and Vice and now Licorice Pizza. Um so that film is about like this child star who like falls in love with like an older uh older girl who's like in her late teens, early 20s, I mm-hmm. believe, but he's like 15. Um, he really wants to get with her and she's like, no, no, I can't. And their relationship is kind of like, we're, we're kind of together, but we're kind of not. Cause I'm seeing this person and I'm kind of seeing this person. Like they both split up and then come back and then split up and come. It's such a weird right. fucking relationship, but it, it shows the magical cinema world of the seventies while also being sexist, misogynistic, racist. Like it shows all yeah. of that and it doesn't show it in a way that's just like, um, you know, whoa, it's just, no, it's very glossed over because mm-hmm. it's the seventies. It's like, well, what's the big deal? It's kind of just matter of fact. Yeah. Like, that's how it was. And yeah. Like, uh, fucking up, Sean not. Penn is like, <laughs> the the girl in it is like trying to get with him even though he's like 40 years older than her and it's just like no it's yeah that's the thing that they did in Hollywood this is a great cast oh it's fucking amazing it's a stack cast Benny Safdie's in this oh my god his he's good in it his role in it is so fucking good he plays like a fucking uh, I don't know if he's trying to be a senator he's trying to be a mm-hmm. senator and stuff and then the reveal what you find out because he's also in a relationship with the girl it's fucking nuts, but it's all done super well. I think the one thing I was watch, like I was watching it, and I was like, I love so many things, but it doesn't come together as well as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. 
it's currently my least favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film, but I think I'm going to watch it again just yeah. because it's one of those films where it's like... You could yeah. tell that there's still a lot of positives in it, great performances, yeah. and it might be one that a rewatch could up your score for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, I, I finished watching it, and I'm like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah. Like as a whole. I loved parts of it, but not the whole experience. So I might watch that again sometime. But um Wow. Yeah. What a that's what his, a filmog- that's his filmography. It was cool to go through his filmography top to bottom like that. And uh really made me appreciate him as a director. Um Yeah. I am really glad I, I started watching these movies and I will watch anything Paul Thomas Anderson now, going forward. Before we end off, what is your favorite Paul Thomas Anderson fan? I already said Punch Drunk Love. What would be yours? <sighs> It's hard. It's it's a really tough one. I right now it's there will be blood. Hell yeah! That movie had a huge impact on me when I saw it. But it's I mean fuck Boogie Nights. I mean yeah. the Master is so good. <laughs> Punch Drunk Love is so good. Magnolia yeah. is so good. Oh, it's, yeah. it's it's hard to pick. And mm. I think maybe someday down the line that might change just because he has such an evergreen filmography that I know I'm gonna go back and rewatch these films. Absolutely. But um yeah I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to There Will Be Blood. Good stuff. Let us know your favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film in the comments. We're interested in knowing. And um, don't forget to leave a like, comment, and subscribe to your boys. We'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Brush your hair. Peace out.